The podcast under the stairs. Void diary entry number 31. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? This is Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs. I think these messages are getting out okay. This is an update to previous communications. The second part of the new device has been transmitted through successfully and I've already started construction. The device looks slightly different compared to the device that I had originally built and crafted and designed. This one appears to have some sort of turning wheel device. I've asked to see the blueprints, but as it stands just now, the general in charge of the operation is not giving me any further information. Suffice to say that the third part should be here soon. All going well, I should be home in the next month and a bit. Signing off. You're listening to Druid FM on 192 BC. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs episode number 68. I am your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. Episode number 68 continues our countdown of the top 10 horror performances by Christopher Lee versus Vincent Price. And we're at number 2 on that countdown this week. Number 2 will see us review the abominable Dr. Fibes versus The Devil Rides Out in a, in a hard-hitting competition. And as such, I've invited two guests to join me on this show. So later on I'll be joined by Danny Trioxin from The Midnight Horror Show and former co-host of the podcast Under the Stairs, the ghastly Graham Humphrey will also join me and we will discuss those movies, culminating in a decision at who is the better performer. As we found out last week on the show, it's pretty much dead cert now. There's absolutely no way that Vincent Price can be beaten. It is now a matter of pride uh, to see if we can catch up um, Christopher Lee into a, a kind of close competition towards the end or if uh, Vincent Price will continue his domination and stretch that lead out even further. We'll find out later on at the end of the show. So I hope you guys are doing great out there. I hope you've all had a chance to check out the (laughs) Baz V Horror episode where we concluded our look at the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. That was a whole hell of a lot of fun and that show clocked in in about four and a half hours. So it's pretty epic. Uh, The feedback has been brilliant though. You guys digging the Baz talking about everything other than the movies, uh, which is classic Baz, really. And um, we are looking forward now to gearing up for Baz v Halloween. Five weeks of terror for the Baz. Um, We've already started recording those shows, so the first one will drop on the 1st of October, uh, which is a Thursday this year, so you'll get that episode on Thursday, and then the following Monday, episode 2 will drop, so those ones will have a short break between the two of them. So basically what that means is we have this week's episode, next week you will hear our final in the countdown of the top 10 Christopher Lee versus Vincent Price movies, Um, and then you will get right after that... um, in the same week you will get Baz v Halloween and then a couple of days later another Baz v Halloween so loads of stuff coming up 
Um, and then it basically takes us right through October with Baz V Halloween and then we're into Baz's second year anniversary for Baz V Horror. And then I have a couple of interesting kind of one-off shows planned uh, to take us through towards the end of the year. So I'll have um, Jeff X Martin and Doug Tilly back to look at our continuation of the, the movies of Lucio Fulci. So we'll be covering three movies from his later catalogue of Jallos. I'm really looking forward to that. Johnny Krug will obviously be back and we'll be looking at more black exploitation. And I've got another couple of episodes up my sleeve. I can't wait to drop. And also remember that our Halloween episode this year will be the video commentary of Grave Encounters 2 featuring the Baz. So I think um, I think that's probably enough talking uh, and I think probably what is best now is for me to shut up. We take a short break, you're going to hear uh, promos for shows that I love, you're going to hear the intro music for the fantastic Christopher Lee Vincent Price Top 10 Countdown segment and then when I return I'm going to be joined by Danny Trioxen and Graham Humphreys as we look at those movies right after this. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities? Then you've got the wrong f***ing show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.kruggernation.com. May I have your attention, please? Mr. Harker, I'm glad that you've arrived safely. I am Dracula, and I welcome you to my house. Ready to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. Then tell us where Mercata is. Fear causes tremendous tensions in the body. If you can't relieve those tensions, why can't they become strong enough to kill you? They will be destroyed. Oh, splendid. This must be my malaria. And now, for our more dreadful sacrifice. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not panic, but scream! Scream for your lives! I intended a peaceful occupation, but you have made that impossible. You suspect uh, foul play? It's almost time to lock up the house. Then your party will really begin. I wonder how it'll end. I will flog every person in this village. You are about to enter hell. You will warn the crew that if any one of them lets slip what really happened to the Armada, I will personally cut out his tongue. Salt and mercury, effective against the dark forces. They will protect you and Simon. We can save him. The mark of Satan is upon them. I appreciate the fact that you are here to help me. Nevertheless, I would remind you that you are also a guest in my house. Welcome, fool. You have come of your own free will to the appointed place. Game over. 
And welcome back. So this is number two on the countdown of the top ten best horror performances by Christopher Lee versus Vincent Price. We are doing on this show the abominable Doctor Fabes um, from 1971, and we will be following that up with a Christopher Lee movie, a certain little movie from 1968 called The Devil Rides Out. Now. They're getting harder and harder. Like as this show goes on, I'm finding it more difficult to differentiate who's the better actor. You're dealing with two incredible performers here, and the movies are getting harder as well to go against. So this time, I brought in two heavyweights of uh, of horror podcasting. Now, granted, one of them hasn't done much horror podcasting in about two years, um, and the other one will deny that he is a horror podcaster. Um, but fuck it, we'll bring them on anyway. As uh, of course. The first guest I will introduce, uh, my my good friend and former co-host on the podcast Under the Stairs, the ghoulish Graham Humphrey. How you doing, sir? Did you call me fat? Yes. Oh. I said you were a heavyweight bastard. I know. And all those Canadian fucking pancakes and bacon and maple syrup have made you chubby, sir. And anyone who's ever met me will know how wildly ironic that statement is. Yeah, you are thinner than a fucking... You're thinner than a bit of spaghetti. You know, like spaghetti when it's not being cooked, and it's just like that's what you're like. Well, well, I, actually, you're flatter than that. It's linguine. You're that's kind of what you look like. Uh, <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> Get a meal in you. <laughs> Every time I see you, I don't know if I want to take you out for a <laughs> fucking fish supper <laughs> or a cup of coffee. I'm like, just, just, <laughs> just ramming cakes in my mouth. I'm like ordering three meals and sitting down. They're like, you must be. And I'm like, no, they're for Graham. <laughs> <laughs> so, how you doing, Graham? I, I'm alright. I... <laughs> Uh, now, now, now that we've got that um, those self-esteem issues out of the way, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm back. You can fire me as many times as you like, Duncan. I always make it back somehow. It's it's worrying. It's because I like I read a lot of crew crime stuff, and um, the one thing that I find in a lot of the kind of true crime. Stuff is that when you fire someone and they come back to work repeatedly, it usually means they're going to kill someone. So I'm slightly worried. I'm, I, I'm essentially the podcasting version of herpes. Uh, <laughs> just, you, you think it goes away, but then boom! <laughs> one it's right back there, aye. One cold winter day, slap right in your face. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, my second guest um, is uh, another good friend of mine. I'm just ble- I'm like I'm like the Godfather. I'm a, a simple simple man blessed with many friends. Um, this one uh, is of all the people I know that do shows. He's been doing it pretty much the longest since 2008. Uh, he is the, the man behind the Midnight Horror Show, a show that I'm very proud to feature on every Wednesday night live. It is, of course, Mr. Danny Triox, and how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I, I wish we wouldn't talk about how long the show's been on. You would expect better results out of what we put out. Seven years, Danny. Seven yeah. years. No, <laughs> seven weeks. That might sit a little better than the <laughs> results that we gave out, so... I'm doing, you know, it's it's early evening, morning, something. I don't know. This is the earliest I've ever gotten up to record anything for podcasting. Where are you? I'm in Virginia. So what's what's the time there? Uh, eight something in the morning, I think. Yeah. Right. It's early for Donnie. Go, early. It's, I, I, it's early to get up. I mean, I get up and go to work earlier than this. It's just earlier, you know, for me to start 
moving the motor of the mouth. So just uh, <laughs> just go go back to bed. We'll wake you up when it's your time to talk. Uh, yeah, Graham's on the show. That could be a while. <laughs> ah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing just now, but see when you try and get a word in edgeways later on, we'll see how that plays out for you, Danny. Um, so, uh, like I say, you do the the midnight horror show. I am I'm proud to to, to guest on that. Um, and uh, that show's been going for a while, but it, it, it's morphed from a podcast to a live radio show. Um, could you tell the listeners, please, where they can check out that live radio show, and if they can't stay up late, if they're in the UK and can't stay up late to listen to it, how they can catch it on the catch-up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you go to tmhsradio.com, you can check the shows out. We do them live every Wednesday, like Duncan said, from 7 to 9 Eastern time. That's my lovely time zone. And uh, if you want to catch the repeats, they're on uh, Postomatic.com. I think it's under the Midnight Horror Show, the iTunes, all those lovely places. Uh, but yeah, if you can make it for a live show, that's that's where it's really at. Because if you listen to the repeat, it just sounds like aborted poop everywhere. <laughs> you got to have the visuals to go with it. It's, um, it goes crazy pretty quick. It really it goes, goes. Just have a, a question here, Danny. Are you, in fact, a Dalek? I uh yes I am. Cause that's what it's sounding like coming through here. I don't know if that's just I don't know if that's me or. It uh, might it might just be you. Is it alright? Cool. Some of already thrown spanners in the works here. Alright, like, cool. You're uh, you're you're coming through a bit. Uh, through like a Dalek. But aye, it's it's good, man. It's, I I like I like languages. I've got a thing about languages. I'm I'm cool with learning Dalek as well. So just keep going with it. We'll be. <laughs> Oh my god! Like yeah, this even even I've been on an episode of the Midnight Horror Show. I, you have, and been? I just muscled in on that. You <laughs> muscled in when we were all drunk. It was an amazing, amazing commentary. Did you stick? How, uh, did you stick around to to Mark Pukin, Graham, or did you leave before then? No, everyone hung up on me, man. <laughs> oh no, we did not. You're a lying bastard. We, we did uh, the gross out show right after that. I've got a feeling that you left us. And um, oh no, everyone, everyone just fucking left, and then you guys were, were saying that you were off because you had something to do and somebody was <laughs> revisionist history here. No, no, that's what happened. Man. Are you sure? Because you told me I... earlier on today that I didn't tell you when we were recording this, and you didn't tell me that. Oh my god. Anyway, this is a huge aside um, to what proves to be a monumental um, task here of uh, going through these two movies, which are arguably two of the greatest horror performances for both actors. Um, but then at the end, deciding who's the better one is just, it's soul destroying. Every time I do this, I kind of feel like I'm married to one and cheating on the other, um, which is horrible. Uh, not that I would know how that, I'm not a cheater, but uh, um, anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Um, so yeah, we're going to take a very first break of this show. Um, you're going to hear the trailer for our first movie review, which is The Abominable Dr. Fibes. When we come back, myself, Graham and Danny, I'm going to walk through this movie and we're going to be right back right after this. You know those old-time radio shows with the married couples who bicker about the kids and the car and the neighbors? Our podcast is a lot like that. Yeah. Well, if you replace the kids, the car, and the neighbors with devil movies, theology, and vodka... My name is X. And I'm Cootie. And we are the hosts of Kiss the Goat, a different kind of movie podcast. Every episode, we review a devil movie. 
you know, possessions, exorcisms, the Antichrist, and we stomp a mud hole in it, even if we like it. We are huge fans of comparative religion, and we love to compare real belief systems with what Hollywood seems to think belief systems are. But don't think we're not civic-minded, because each episode includes our Satan in the News segment, where our fearless correspondent, Sin Fallon, documents the eternal struggle between good and evil. And, as high-functioning alcoholics, we give every movie its own drinking game, so that you can enjoy the movie just like we did. Ripped to the tits. <laughs> and there is ever so much more to the show than that. And let me tell you, it ain't for kids. Hell, it ain't for most adults. But it might be for you. You won't know until you listen to Kiss the Goat exclusively on the Legion Network of Podcasts. That's Kiss the Goat. We're the lighter side. Of the dark side. <laughs> 72 movies that shocked a nation and made an infamous list of video nasties. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you can join me and my co-host Andy Blockley as we chat about the 72 films, reviewing them all from the video nasty list live on our podcast. Tell them about it, Andy. Okay, 1982, 20,000 films were seized in London alone because they were too nasty to be watched. Come and find out why. That's right. The show's called Doing the Nasty Podcast. You can find it exclusively on the Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts. Come and check us out. going to get him off this. You take his head and I'll take his feet. Let's unscrew him. Dr. Vibes, who samples the finer things of life in his own inimitable way and experiments with fascinating instruments of death. The what, sir? The Qatar. The ten curses visited upon the pharaohs before Exodus. Nine shall die. Nine eternities in doom. Uh, curse of boils, of bats. Frogs? Frogs, yes. And the curse of blood. Curse of hail in the bloody middle of nowhere.
Dr. Five. Probably the most terrifying motion picture you'll ever see. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for our first movie review. It's The Abominable Dr. Fibes from 1971, starring Vincent Price. You also have Joseph Cotton, Hugh Griffith, Terry Thomas, uh, Thomas sorry, Virginia North, Danny Virginia, Virginia! Virginia! Uh, Virginia! Uh, Peter Jeffrey, Terry Kidfrey... <laughs> <laughs> John Carter of Mars. Uh, no, it's John Cater. <laughs> oh, imagine that movie, man. That'd be amazing. John Carter. Dr. Fives and John Carter of Mars. That would, yeah, that, then that would have made money. That would have. That, <laughs> and by made money, I mean been a complete disaster. But it couldn't have been any more of a disaster than John Carter actually was. Oh, it's a bad movie, bad movie. Uh, anyway, right, um, yeah, so this movie um, was directed by Robert Frost? Fust? Fucking Fusty. Frosty. Frosty, Frosty, the snowman. Um, and, yeah, um, the reason it came at number two of mine, this one is probably slightly controversial because this one just picked out uh, Theatre of Blood. And a lot of people consider Theatre of Blood to be Price's best performance. Um, and he doesn't do a whole hell of a lot of talking in this movie. Suffice to say, he uses like a voice box. So people might think it's weird that I would choose this, but I think the fact that he doesn't speak much in this movie um, and you, the, the the emotion coming through from the facial expressions and his, just his eyes and so much in this movie... I think the movie's just a better movie, if I'm honest. That's going to upset some folk, but I really love Doctor Fibes. Myself, man. Uh, Theatre of Blood's probably my favourite uh, Price movie, but hey, I'm not in the show anymore. So, if you had to be in the movie, they probably had to do a good old-fashioned knife fight. I to, to sort this out. Uh, you should have seen us doing the top ten British horror movies, Danny. I've still got the scars. I've only got one eye left. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, basically, the, the movie, uh, this is not, well, a kind of more extended synopsis for this movie is that um, Vincent Price plays Dr. Anton Fibes. He, he was an expert in theology and music and was supposed to have died in a car, a car crash back in 1921. Um, and shortly after that, his, his wife died during an operation. But what people don't know is he actually survived the car crash but was left. Badly, badly burned. Um, yeah, man, that, that happens to the best of us. It does happen to the best of us. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's unable to speak as well, so he uses this really strange kind of voice box sort of thing. Um, this which suspiciously like Vincent Price. It does sound so <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to wonder, is that what Stephen Hawking's voice sounded like before? The, if, that's, if that's how these things work? Because Vincent Price's voice box just sounds exactly like Vincent Price, so maybe that's how these things work. I, I don't actually think Stephen Hawkins uses a voice box. I think it's a computer. Oh, good point. I, that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, this, oh you're killing me here, Graham, already. Uh, yeah, so basically, Fibes decides one day... Uh, that he is going to exact revenge on all the people that he considers responsible for his wife's death. And he does this with the the, the assistance of his lovely female assistant, Volnavia. 
which is such a bad name. Um, and the deaths are all centred around the ten plagues of Egypt, um, which is just uh, whoever come up with that idea is just I just want to shake his hand. It's just an absolute fucking masterclass. And um, it follows that uh, kind of very very similar to Theatre Blood in that we are given set piece after set set piece of these elaborate deaths of uh, people that were involved with, well, who he blames with killing his wife. Um, and what we find out is his wife's actually, she is dead, but he's managed to preserve the body. Uh, and he almost gets away with it. If it hadn't been for those pesky kids and their meddling dog um, <laughs> at the end of the movie, uh, only to return in a sequel, which is fucking brilliant Don't as well. Me. No, the sequel, the oh, what? Oh, yeah. what? Come on, man. I love the sequel. This one, this one's legitimately amazing. The sequel's fucking, like, pish. <laughs> Thank you, Graham. Thank you, Graham. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, um, like I say, this one, I s- it's funny because we're going to get onto like, Graham had messaged me like a couple of days ago to say that this. Uh, you said this is the movie that got you into Vincent Price. It is, I. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm kind of similar. I, I think this to me is the one that I remember most vividly as being like a movie with Vincent Price when I you know when I was younger and uh, this is the first time I kind of really recognised him as a as an actor or a name um, and what always stuck out to me is how creepy the deaths are if you're a kid you know what I mean they're like really fucking horrible deaths there's, there's a guy that gets a mechanical frog head put on him Aye. which slowly tightens and crushes his head and that <laughs> so, hello Saw um, you've ripped that off uh, but it's, it's quite it's quite horrible. it's quite horrible or someone being eaten by a plague of locusts which is dodgy I'll, I'll give you that it's, I don't think that's how locusts work but um, I don't think they work that quickly either but, uh, I don't know those, man if Vincent Price says it then it's true it, it is true but um, that, that bat's adorable it's that bat- <laughs> the bed there man it's amazing just scratch it's wee heat it'll be loving it <laughs> oh my god this review already um, yeah so I think I, I think like I say the reason it appears so high for me it, it genuinely is one of my favourite Vincent Price movies and I think the fact that he gives away one of his main Price assets in a movie which is you you are right it's still Vincent Price doing the voice but it's he's, he's having to take a lot of that kind of Price like over-the-top thespian campness out mm. and I, I which it was one of his traits I mean it was one of his big traits in his movies and when you take that out you strip that out what is left is an absolutely phenomenal wounded performance um, you feel so sorry for this character even though you probably shouldn't because he's on a killing rampage um, and the doctors weren't actually really all that incompetent at all they just couldn't save her and the fact that he holds this horrible grudge against him, and the fact you can still sympathise with the character, I think is a credit to the performance. Graham, you have the floor, sir. Tell us, uh, the abominable Dr. Fibes, what, what was it about this movie that after seeing it you were like, I need to check out more movies by Vincent Price? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I knew, I knew who Vincent Price was and everything like that, but this was the first one that um, I remember really sort of sitting down and, and watching. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I'm I missed Vincent Price when I was younger and everything like that. But I remember hearing about movies it was in. But this was really the first one. I actually it was my girlfriend at the time had it on DVD, and we watched it. And it's just 
it's uh, it's super camp. Like it's you know it, it's fucking cheesy as all hell, but mm-hmm. in a, a totally acceptable way. It knows that it's cheesy as all hell, so like fuck it, let's just go all out with this. Um, but yeah, I, I like the. In the same way as Theatre of Blood, like, I think in a lot of ways Theatre of Blood is kind of uh, a step up from Dr. Fibes. Like, it, yeah. it, it, it's kind of almost like, alright, we made that movie. I don't know if it's the same people that were involved, but it's almost kind of like, alright, we made that movie, that worked quite well, but we could tweak it and do this. Um, But the uh, the set pieces and, and, and the deaths and everything like that, it's essentially a sort of precursor to what a lot of slasher movies were like, when it's essentially just kind of Alright, you've got one death and then you move on, you get the next one, blah 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 yeah. blah. But um but just really cleverly done. I like the I like the theme that runs through it, like you were saying earlier on. I like the fact that it's based on the ten plagues and you know, I also just like how batshit mental Vincent Price is. Um <laughs> you know, and by god that guy can play the organ. He, he can play the organ, he's, Aye, he's I know. A- he's a mean organ player master and he's got that mad wee fucking murder band thing going on while he's <laughs> dancing with that random woman as well it's good um, I need to get one of them set up my place man it'd be great I thought but, you um, had one already no. uh, not not a murder band but uh, alright right. Uh, we're working on it though <laughs> exactly just don't tell the cops um, no it's uh, it, it, it just kind of really it just really struck a chord with me it was it, it's it's quintessential 70s horror um very kind of post hammer um yeah. and it's just a lot of fun as well i think that's the thing i think with a lot of hammer movies uh they're great and they're you know they're they're, they're sort of uh they're campy to an extent but they're not playful movies necessarily dr yeah. Pipes is a kind of playful movie as well it's not all straight ahead horror it's it's got a kind of sly wink to the the audience as well um and when vincent price winks at you man you you can't help it <laughs> also incidentally he loves having a fucking mangled face as well doesn't he he does yeah and, uh, we've already discussed house of uh, house of wax earlier on in this series and uh yeah he, he likes a little bit of the mangled face Aye. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Uh, right, Danny, um, Dr. Fibes, a-, a movie that you were fairly familiar with, I would say. I mean, it's, it's one of those ones that's um, it's fairly beloved by by uh, fans of Vincent Price and fans of uh, kind of 70s, 70s horror especially. It's, it's one of those ones that a lot of people will list up there just because of how much fun it is. Um, what, what, what's your thoughts on, on the movie? Um, I, you know, I really enjoy this movie. Now, this wasn't something, you know, uh, when when I was a child that we were introduced to this Vincent Price form. You know, here in Virginia, we're more introduced to, you know, the 80s performance he does in Thriller by Michael Jackson, you know, or House on Haunted Hill. So, you know, when I went back and watched this movie when I was a little bit older, you know, it, it hits me. You know, I remember Last House or... Um, Last Man on Earth, and I, I remember, you know, the overall story of them, but I don't remember a lot from those movies, you know, being a child. But going back and watching Fibes, um, that just over the top, it's kind of like Dawn of the Dead, over the top 70s, you know, set pieces and everything. I mean, the first time you see the murder band, like, oh my god, I do, it, it clipped in your head. You remember seeing this as a child, and you remember it very vividly. 
You know, I love the way that they stylize this. And like Graham was saying with the the humor, you know, the, the nods, the audience, they do. They, they interlace the humor in this, the dark humor, very well. It's not just smacked on top. And, uh, you know, it's so ahead of its time. I mean, like you were talking about with Saul, with the traps. You know, <laughs> without this, we don't have Saul. Without this, we don't have Seven, if you really, you know, break it all down. Mm. Um, you know, and his... I know we're going to talk about the performances later, so I don't want to say that. That is the big selling point for this film for me was his performance. Um, you know, it's just, it's, well, I guess with both of the movies tonight, you know, you've got two going at each other, have two really, really special performances that we don't normally see. You know, this is Vincent Price without the voice, even though we do get it occasionally, you know, through the, the little monologues he's delivering. You know, it's all done over the top with the, with the facial expressions, the rubber face, and without that iconic voice. So uh, th this movie holds up. I mean, you can go back and watch this, you know, annually, and it still holds up. You know, I, I love this movie. It's a great, great film. He also drinks wine through a hole in his neck. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, that's that, that I suppose I, I, that's one of the things that... I mean, I, one of the things that really really makes this movie completely beloved to me is the the inept police officers who are just fucking oh my god they're so goofy but so funny um and i love the fact that those characters even though graham hates the sequel i love the fact that they return in that sequel and they're even more inept than they were before and, and why are they working a case in egypt doesn't make any sense i know no, it's, it's, it's just nonsense <laughs> it's just nonsense but they're like fuck it let's just do it and um obviously the the original plan was to do a series of fibes movies um i'm actually quite glad they didn't i'm quite glad that they probably did stop it too um because there's only so far you can really kind of push that before it does it kind of loses the the things that make it stand the test of time which is that that dark sense of humor the the, the kind of over the top sort of campness of just overall how all the characters meet their demise they're in yeah they're done by this idea of the the, the plagues you know the ten plagues of egypt but the, the the setup is what gets me each time there's this huge elaborate setup um for each of these deaths that the audience is already kind of the audience is ahead of the person that's going to meet their demise and i love that idea um of just seeing how they all play out and how he keeps managing to escape the the grass of the police officers who really should know better um i think it works really well i, I think really it's, it's, it's one of it's one of the the first movies i can really think of where the tension doesn't come from you know sort of not knowing whether or not the person's going to escape or whether or not they're going to get killed or whatever it is you know that that's what's going to happen the, the 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 tension comes from actually watching him perform the the act um which is why i was saying it's kind of like a precursor to a lot of the slasher movies you know mm -hmm. where it's like you know that person's going to die you just like that's that's what you're waiting for not to see if they're going to be able to get away just to actually see it all carried out Fives is the f one of the the first thing, movies that i can sort of think of that really focuses on that notion of you know I know this person's gonna die. I'm just sitting here watching it. Yeah, I, I'm sitting waiting, hoping that it's gonna be as amazing a death as I. I <laughs> yeah, I think it does it really well as well. And I think there's just the right amount of 
You know, like sometimes when you when you rely too heavily on this idea of well, all these characters are going to die in these fantastical ways. After a while, it just becomes a... It loses its impact, and I think the, the movie just hits it right. I think if you had maybe one or two more deaths in there, it maybe it would probably hinder the movie overall. I, I think they just I think they just nail it just right. Um, before we take a short break, is there anything else either one of you would like to say about the abominable Doctor Fibes? Graham, we'll start with you. Um, no, not really. I mean, like you know, without going into Price's performance on it, mm. not really. I mean, I think the only way the movie could be improved is if we combined the title of the two movies that we're working with here and just became the abominable, the abominable Doctor Fives rides out. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and funny, I've, I've I've titled this the the file that I'm saving this in as Devil Fives, um, but your one's better. Uh, well, yeah, there you go. That's, that's usually the way this podcast works. Yeah, that's how it works, right, Graham? <laughs> that's that's the real reason you left through through my jealousy. Aye. I had the recording equipment, so fuck you. You replaced me with an older, balder version. <laughs> some some people would say that <laughs> you, you're, it's easier to wind up Baz than it is to wind up you. <laughs> so that's that's what works. That's what works. And technically, he's your dad. So that's why that's he keeps true. telling everyone. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps telling everyone. He, he did say something. He did give me a message to pass on to you though. Um, stop coming round his house asking for pocket money. No, that's what he's for. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just tell him that if he doesn't pay up, then you can go to the child support agency to get him to pay up. If he doesn't pay up, I'm going to fucking egg his house, man. And by egg, I mean throw bricks through his window. (laughs) (laughs) Danny, (laughs) is there anything else you want to say about the abominable Dr. Fibes before we take a short break? Now, after Graham dropped that great title of the abominable Dr. Fibes rides out, I got nothing. Nothing to follow that up with. (laughs) That was a mic drop. (laughs) <laughs> that was a mic it drop. Was, it was a mic drop. <laughs> what, what are you using to record? Are you using your iPad? Me? Yeah. No, I'm a laptop. Why? Oh, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I, thought, I think you've used your iPad before. I just imagine you drop your whole iPod, <laughs> iPad on the ground and then going, oh, fuck. Just throwing it out the window. Done. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. Uh, right, so we're going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear the trailer for movie number two, the final movie review of the show, which is The Devil Rides Out from 1968, starring Christopher Lee. We're going to be back to discuss that movie right after this. You're listening to the podcast under the stairs. Flesh Like Smoke is the toothsome new shapeshifter anthology from April Moon Books. Curated and edited by Brian M. Sammons with illustrations by Neil Baker, Flesh Like Smoke is a collection of 16 tales of visceral horror from today's most talented authors. Some of these tortured souls lash out against their cursed existence, while others relish the taste of animalistic power. Ranging from gut-wrenching terror to heart-rending pathos, Flesh Like Smoke will leave you salivating for more with every turn of the page. Flesh Like Smoke is available in paperback and ebook format from Amazon.com and AprilMoonBooks.com, as well as other online purveyors of fine literature. Hurry to sink your claws into a copy before the next full moon. 
Movies need only three things. Badasses. You tell me who you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. Boobs. Do you know that the female breast, known to be the source of life since Eve, can be deadly weapons? And body counts. Mathematics of murder and menace. The BBNBC podcast discusses lesser-known action, exploitation, and horror cult cinema. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and SoundCloud by searching for BBNBC podcast. You can also listen to each episode directly on the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work. That's a superstition. Now, there you are wrong. The power of darkness is more than just a superstition. It is a living force which can be tapped at any given moment of the night. Why? On one night of one year, should these people live in mortal fear? he must fight the devil's power to the death. Oh, my God. Don't look at the eyes, Rex! Eyes. Eyes. Once filled with love, are consumed with fear. For Tanith is now promised to the devil. Listen carefully to what I say. This is Makata, the devil's chief disciple. Your will is leaving you, slipping away. The Devil's Bride, from bestseller author Dennis Wheatley's The Devil Rides Out, fills the screen with a special kind of visual terror. On your feet quickly! Back to back! Join hands! You will hear his evil. You will feel his evil. You will see his evil. Once kept sight of his face. And welcome back. So, you've just heard the trailer for our final movie review of this episode. It's The Devil Rides Out from 1968, directed by Hammer Horror Maestro Terence Fisher, uh, based on the novel by Dennis Wheatley, the screenplay adapted by Richard Matheson. Um, the movie stars Christopher Lee, Charles Grey, uh, Nike, Sunday, uh, Leon Green, Patrick Moore, Gwen Fagon Con, 
Davis. It didn't make up these names. That, that, that sounds totally legit, aye. <laughs> Frag, Fraggle Rock? What's her name? Oh, fucking hell. Uh, Sarah Lawson, Paul Eddington, uh, Rosalind Lander and Russell Waters. The synopsis for this movie... Um, doesn't appear to show up on this page at all for some reason. Ah, it's not excellent. It doesn't work with me, but anyway, we'll talk you through it. So basically, we have... Uh, we'll just do the longer synopsis. Um, so we have the Duke de Richelieu uh, played... Just, uh, just copy and paste when I gave the synopsis last time we talked about it and just stick We probably it. should have just done it. Because <laughs> uh, for, for those that are in the know, the OG listeners out there or people that have went back through the shows, they will know that this movie prominently featured in a top ten British horror movies of all time and I've said it more one occasion that this is my favourite Hammer horror movie um, it's also one of my favourite Christopher Lee movies that's why it landed at number two um, so the Duke de Richelieu is played by Christopher Lee he's a he's an older guy well well weathered um, and a fun of all knowledge really he just seems to know everything about everything um, and he and his friend Rex um uh, well, Rex has just flown in from America, and um, they decide that they're going to meet their Don't old friend. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> There's one of them on this show, Graham. Ah, no, he's already. <laughs> so, uh, his friends, they're going to go and visit their friend Simon, someone that they used to go adventures or whatever, and when they show up, um, after Simon doesn't appear, they find out that Simon is throwing a bit of a party, a little soiree, and he's not invited them. And he seems to have a new group of friends. The prominent member of them, played by Charles Gray, uh, uh, Gray who plays the fantastically named Mokata. Oh. <laughs> which I think we could get another, like, with this obsession with Mokata dominated the last review we did of this. I think we could just re- recycle that as well. Mokata. Kind of sounds like a really best guy in it, man. Fucking it. (laughs) Kind of sounds like something you would get in like a Starbucks. Uh, Could I have a grandi mochata, please? You just get a dibble cup. (laughs) (laughs) This this is the most metal thing I've ever seen. This is (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Mochata leads this uh, group of. For lack of a better word, Satanists um, who are using the the dark arts to initiate into their group, Simon, who is a a man from great wealth. And uh, we get the feeling that they're basically using them to get him into the group, along with all these other prominent rich people to... to, uh, I don't know, to conduct some sort of weird ceremony. Um, and obviously, what they don't know is the Duke de Richelieu is fairly clued up on his black magic. It's one of those handy skills that he has. Um, well, don't we all? Yeah, well, I, I know that <laughs> growing up in Scotland, it's, it's mandatory to, to have a book on how to defeat Satanists. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just a done thing. It's your it's your first lesson you get when you enter high school. Yeah. Here's a Satanist, what do you do? Um, and there's just a guy standing there wearing devil horns going, Wah! <laughs> fuck, reading through the book, trying to find this. <laughs> I don't know why this review's going this way. I like this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so, <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens when Graham's here. Um, not when Danny's here. When Danny's here, everything's professional but Graham's bad bad Graham go lie down um, so yeah so basically the, the, the movie follows through um, with uh, Rex and uh, the Duke de Richelieu trying to get Simon away from the evil power of Mokata um, and it culminates in two massive set pieces the first one is the actual satanic ritual which is amazing when the goat of Mendez appears <laughs> 
and he's fucking terrifying. He's amazing, man. He's fucking absolutely terrifying. Um, and the, you know, towards the end, the the magic circle, um, and the the large kind of tarantula and all the other things, the giant horse and all that that are superimposed on the screen as threats to get to them. <laughs> um, that's not to forget that's the, that, that that's what the new X Men Apocalypse movie is going to look like, there, man. <laughs> The guy who rides in on that horse, that's that's one of the four horsemen. That's exactly what it's going to look like. Gonna be a- the, the sequence as well, uh, when the first use of black magic is used, used against him, and this African man appears with glowing eyes and the most sinister smile I've ever seen. Ah, it's horrifying. He just kind of stares at him with his glowing eyes going, hello, and you're like, oh yeah, bastard. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think... Look in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, don't that's, that's don't the look in his eyes. The whole movie, man. Just don't look in his eyes. See if you just go about just poking everyone in the eyes, you'll be fine. You just you'll be fine. No one, no one will be inflicted with the problems at all of the, the power of the Satanists. Um, like I say, the movie is based on a Dennis Wheatley novel, which is amazing. Uh, Dennis Wheatley had two of his novels um, done by Hammer. This one he loved. The second one he didn't. Um, and vowed never to work with him after the second adaptation, which was to the devil a daughter, which, which we he, also covered. <laughs> yes, which and we've also covered it in this list again. It's funnily enough. Um, and the, the, the thing about that movie is that they do change quite a bit from the book. And um, Wheatley believed that they just basically bastardised it, and he, he wasn't happy about it at all. Vowed that they could never use his work again. But he was on board with this one because this one follows fairly true to the novel there's not that much that um that moves away from from the novel at all in terms of what appears in this movie um so and dennis wheatley once again famous for having spent time in the company of people like alistair crowley uh, and learning quite a bit about magic rituals and all the rest so the rituals that appear in this novel and the rituals I mean that was one of the big selling points to the devil a daughter was the rituals that appear in that movie are real rituals conducted by satanists um, and I think that works as well I think the, the reason it obviously comes quite high on my list is the, the fact that I think Mokata is like one of the greatest hammer horror villains I think he's absolutely brilliant Charles Gray plays him phenomenally but Christopher Lee is one cool motherfucker in this movie oh, he's amazing man He's just like a total boss. It's one of the rare roles where you get um, him playing someone on the side of good. Um, and he just, every time something happens, he just springs into I'm an absolute badass fighting Satanist mode. Um, and it's, it's great. It's such a commanding, powerful performance by him. And he's a tower of a man anyway. And you it's get that feeling. Like Ghostbuster without the jumpsuit. <laughs> Graham, Graham, we've already heard this once before for you, but it's a couple of years ago, and your opinion may have changed. It may not Isn't have. It, was that a couple of years ago? Uh, yes, it will be two years ago. Seriously? Yep. <laughs> where's, the, where's the time gone, Graham? It's almost as if it's almost as if you moved to London, came back to Glasgow, and then moved out to Canada and come back to Glasgow in that time. It's crazy. Uh, actually, I moved to London before that, but never mind. Uh, oh, correction on the show. Uh, <laughs> the podcast under the stairs would like to make the following rebuttal. Um, <laughs> damn straight. Um, no, I, uh, I, I love this. You know, anyone who this is just really going over the same stuff that I said last time. But you know, I love the the whole black magic side of things you know I, I really love it and I love how much this movie has a 
a real kind of respect for it. You know, obviously based on the, the novel. Um, incidentally, do you think Dennis Wheatley and Ben Wheatley have any sort of relation? Because they're both in that same sort of field. I, I would love to think that. I would really love to, because it would explain Kill List. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love the, the the fact that this movie... You know, I, I was talking about in the uh, the Fives review about the way some ha- Hammer movies are, are play things a bit straight, and that's why I loved uh, Dr. Fives. It's actually the reason why I love The Devil Rides Out, is it doesn't ham up this notion of, of Satan or black magic and anything like that as being a kind of, you know, ridiculous. It's very real, it's it's a very real threat, and this is just kind of how it is. Incidentally, the um, the sort of the black mass scene where they, they summon the goat of Mendes does look very much like a KKK rally. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think there are some real parallels that you could draw there. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's getting into a different conversation. Um, no, I love it. I, I think that it's, uh, you know, I mean, it hasn't necessarily aged um, the best, you know, yeah, yeah. with this superimposed tarantula and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the fact that it, it gave it a real bash. It, it tried to um, you know, add a sort of air of legitimacy to what is, you know, often looked at as a sort of ridiculous notion. Um, and Mokata is the best name I've ever heard. Mokata. <laughs> exactly. I mean, his eyes like appear in the, the mirror and stuff like that. Just wee touches like that are this, this sort of real uneasiness that if he wants to get to you, man, he's got the he's got the know-how. He's going to get there. You you. The only thing that you can do is not look at his eyes. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, hmm. That's not that big an obstacle. But he's so dreamy. He's so dreamy. He is, man. I know. <laughs> Just thinking about those And he's guys. very tanned as well. I think he may have been using yes, fake yeah. bait before anyone else. <laughs> bathing in it, man. He's just... <clears throat> anyway, so I've been distracted thinking about his eyes. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, I, I, I like that. I, I like the fact that there's a, 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 a real kind of sense that, you know, it, do, it doesn't matter what you know or what you do. This guy's got this ability that he's he's gonna get you and the the only thing that can stop him is christopher lee pretty much that's all you need to say really yeah (laughs) what do you have oh you have satan what do i have christopher lee check and mate (laughs) boom mic drop throw the mac at the window (laughs) way danny the devil rides out had you seen this one before I have, and it's funny because in seven years of doing um, quote-unquote horror podcasts, uh, I've never had a chance to cover this movie. So I'm so glad. That's, I mean, that's why I'm awake. This All right, early. let's just cut him off just now then, Duncan. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Graham, Graham, the AKA the dream breaker. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's way too much time in Canada. He's getting that, that maple attitude now. <laughs> uh, this movie, this movie like rapes homeless people and comes back nine months later. I mean, it is a motherfucker. <laughs> It is like the fucking Mount Rushmore of fucking horrors this time. I mean, like you said, you've, you've got Terrence Fisher. It's Matheson's involved. Dennis Wheatley, which this comes from a set of great, great fucking books. If you haven't read them, you should definitely read these books. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what H.P. Lovecraft fans wanted with the Dunwich Horror, and they did not get. This is the kind of story they wanted with this nice little occult. I mean, he covers the Wheatley novel perfectly. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this is one of the only times you're going to get... Uh, Christopher Lee in this really awesome, like, 
hero role, and he plays it up so well. Without this, you know, people don't get to enjoy uh, what's that dumbass that we talked Vincent D'Onofrio on something like Criminal Intent. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, that's Aramaic written on the wall. I know that because I studied with Jesus, and it's like this guy knows everything. Well, this is where it comes from. It's Christopher Lee's character. <laughs> This motherfucker knows everything. Had they needed like a paper airplane to get out of that circle in the middle of the night in this movie, he would have been like, hold on a second. And just made it. And they would have flown <laughs> the window. There's not a point in this movie, big spider and all, that you ever worry of anyone. You're like, oh, as long as he's... It's so, and they build it up so perfectly. He's like, I'm going to go out for a drive. As soon as he leaves, you're like, oh, no, these poor fucking idiots, they're all done for. If he's not, they're done for without him. It's like just, a team style building a tank out of like a Q-tip and a cabbage. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's Lee in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's like Graham said. The special effects don't really hold up well. But I mean, you know, if there's so many movies from that time period where they don't hold up, but you know, because of the performances overall, it does. I mean, I don't remember, and I mean, I'm not saying that this is his best one because obviously there's one more better than this for Christopher Lee. But uh, this has got to be the most animated and most enjoyable watch that Christopher Lee has done. Yes, sir. That, that, amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, iMac, I can't drop that, so I couldn't really make a noise for you to, to drop. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to work. It's already fucking up as it is, so I definitely don't need to drop the goddamn thing. I really hope your number one Christopher Lee movie is Corpse Bride. That would be amazing. That would just totally, that would just shit all over everyone's expectations. That would be, don't do that, man. Do it. Uh, I mean... We all know. I mean, there's. It should be no question here that it's Count Dooku was the best performance, and um, it's horror, Attack Danny. It's Attack, horror. Attack of the Clones was the most amazing film. Whatever. Uh, I mean, it these, was pretty horrific, actually. <laughs> I remember seeing that in the cinema and booing it. Dooku dropped the the Mike lightsaber. He just ruined the whole galaxy. All right, he, <laughs> that was the best performance ever. <laughs> oh, oh, he's like that. Oh, Master Yoda! Looks like we can only solve these problems with the power of the lightsaber. <laughs> and I'm like, Thank oh dear God, oh my! I hope your number one movie is Sleepy Hollow. I love Sleepy Hollow. If if <laughs> if he wasn't, he's only in it for like a minute. Him. Exactly. He does have a sequence though. He does have a sequence where he's talking over the top of the pulpit down at um, uh, Johnny Depp and as he stands, the, the wings of the Eagle of Justice behind him make him look like he's a winged demon. It's a fucking amazing shot. I send you to Sleepy Hollow. And it's like, you better fucking go to Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> Christopher Lee tells you to do You do it. Um, I think... Uh, no, everyone knows what my number one is. I've already announced it on a page, and I, it's it's funny because the 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 role that the beats this one for me in the in the, the top ten is you know isn't as powerful in terms of like Christopher Lee knows everything about everything in this movie, and that's what makes him commanding. He's very stalwart. He's the you know the anchor to all the characters and and, and whatnot. And in the next role. He still has that charm, uh, you know, in the Wicker Man. He, d- he definitely has the charm. Um, oh, spoilers, mate. Everyone knows it's been posted <laughs> in the days, but in the Wicker Man, he has the charm. Um, but above all else, the, he's just there's so many different sides to that character, which the Devil Rides Out doesn't have, but doesn't need. You know, what I mean, that's the, the main thing about Richelieu in this 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 role is that there is this sense of urgency because he, above all others in the movie, knows exactly 
what everything means. He's he's a counterpoint to Mokata. As I get Mokata, he's a, he's a counterpoint to Mokata in this movie, and that he knows when this happens, what this means, how long they have left, when the rituals will happen, how he has to stop them, and it's a race against time. And Rex, who can throw a mean right hook, I mean, I mean he smashes someone through that car. Yeah, he's really that's that's Rex's job. Rex is the muscle in this movie. Um, and and Richelieu is the brains, uh, and that I think sums up perfectly the special relationship between the UK and America. <laughs> 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 Mac drop, <laughs> out here. Um, so yeah, uh, is there anything else you want to say about the Devil Rides Out, Graham? Mogada. <laughs> I just want that sampled. That's my, my new text message tone. Um, Danny, anything you want to say about this movie before we take a short break and come back with the most painful part of the show? Uh, no, I just want to hear you pronounce that Gwen woman's last name again. <laughs> right, so our name is Gwen Fragacon. There we go, Macacacon. Yeah, I, I, for a second I thought I had uh, the Dalek connection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our name should be like Fragagon. Smith, right? It's Gwen Smith. It's <laughs> It's her name now. Um, yes, I, I'm the one. I'm the one that reads the names out. So if that's what I say her name is, that's what her fucking name is. Do uh, phone in and complain? Fuck up. I think she may be dead, Graham. Well, exactly. Oh. She's phone in and complain then, isn't she? She, she played the countess, so she was quite old by then. Yeah, she she died like ninety two or something. She's been dead. Bitch is yeah. long gone. Long gone. Uh, right, so we're going to take a short break just now. When we return, we are deliberating about who had the better performance and who will receive the points from this show. Myself, Graham, and Danny will be right back after this. Hey, it's 8 o'clock. Is it time to get the show on the screen or what? Do you enjoy watching films with friends? Do you like to consume vats of alcohol? It's the 40s and some bitching, babe. Yeah! Me? I like beer. If you like all that and none of those artsy-fartsy films... Does this mean we don't get to go to the Fellini Festival? Fuck the Fellini Festival! Then watch and listen to Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. Every Wednesday, myself and a rotating panel of the filthiest podcasters I can muster up give you our comments, observations, and sometimes we might actually talk about the film as we class up some of your favorite films the only way we know how. As raunchy as we can. <laughs> What's this movie, PG? Oh, yeah. This podcast sure is fucking. Not only do you get the audio, but the video that goes with it. Just listen to the shit that comes out of these filthy pirates. <laughs> you don't need to get an erection when your cock's full of rigor mortis. <laughs> fucking curb stomp a baby for a bacon. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't let Corky run Cerebro. Unforgivable. If you could stand all that, Come and get your fill and your fix of Two Trick Minimum Commentaries. All the cool kids are doing it. Two Trick Minimum Commentaries is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. And welcome back. So, it all comes down to this. We have talked through two fantastic movies. The Devil Rides Out, The Abominable Dr. Fibes, and in a historical precedent set on the last couple of shows, I will go first um, with I think my... So. Yes, I will go first, Graeme. You will sit there and you will accept it. Right. <laughs> Made me beat you from this call. <laughs> no fucking dinner for you tonight. Um, so uh, yeah, so you've thrown me. Um, I am. Oh, that's what I do, mate. I just, I, do. I just wait until you start talking and then just interrupt you just to put you off. Yeah, yeah. You put the spanner in the works. You're the, the spanner and the spokes of my bike. 
causing me to do a front flip into a tree. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I don't know why I spoke like this when I said that, but there you go. Um, yeah, my. I like think so. I know. I, I like, it's, uh, that's that's why I'm here. My performance uh, pick <laughs> is. I'm just ignoring you. My performance pick is Christopher Lee. Um, which might not necessarily surprise anyone. I don't know what my guests will come back with, but I think Christopher Lee is phenomenal as the Duke de Richelieu. I think, like I say, he is a complete badass in this movie. I believe in Christopher Lee in this movie. And whilst Fibes as a character played by Vincent Price definitely has more depth, um, there is emotion there behind the eyes. Um, He's a wounded character, and I love what he does. I think that Christopher Lee basically makes the devil rides out. Um, I'm not saying if you took Price out of that performance, Fibes would be as good. That's maybe too much of a bold statement. But when it comes to this kind of the power of the performance, um, I think Devil Rides Out benefits greatly. The fact to have someone who's so commanding, and you know, whenever. Christopher Lee is on on the screen. Um, it's very difficult not to pay full attention to everything that comes at that man's mouth. And I believe every word he says. I've tried some of those black magic um, things that he says in the movie, and none of them work. And I believe they don't work because Christopher Lee wasn't there. I think if he'd been there, then the God of Mendes would have been there too, because he wanted them to be. So there you go. That is my selection, Graham. Um, is it a difficult choice for you? And if so, who are you going with? Uh, well, yeah, I think the best performance out of anyone involved in either of those movies is definitely Vincent Price's Murder Band. They're amazing, man. <laughs> I can't play them out. They're awesome. The, um, the Clockwork Band. Uh, the, the Murder Band. <laughs> it's just what they're called. Um, it is a difficult decision. They're two totally different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Christopher Lee plays this very straight-faced because that's what the, the role requires. Vincent Price's performance is a lot more playful. Um, I, it's tough. Like, like I said, you know, Christopher Lee's performance lends an air of legit, but no, legitimateness um, mm-hmm. to to a sort of you know otherwise potentially ridiculous storyline. Um, Vincent Price's performance is essentially what makes Doctor Fives. You know, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of, they're kind of on on opposite ends of the the spectrum. Um, I, but I think I have to go with Vincent Price on this one because it's the role that made me fall in love with the guy. Um, and I, it, it's just it's so much fun to to watch. And I think he clearly had a lot of fun making the movie as well. And that comes through. And he drinks wine out of a hole in the side of his neck. That's love that, ready. love that hole in his neck, Graham, don't you? Aye, aye. <laughs> oh, looks out that as well. But not while he's putting alcohol in there, because then his face is just going to go on fire and it's going to be house of wax. <laughs> <laughs> right. So on all the previous shows, I've only had one guest. So if and it's only happened on one show that there's been a disagreement, um, which caused the two points to be split in half, one point for each. However, there's three of us on this one, so majority will rule. Depending on what Danny comes back with. Um, will depend who gets the two points. So, Danny, I don't like putting pressure on uh, you because I know you uh, hate the pressure. Um, Danny, do the right thing. <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you have no allegiances to Graham at all. He's useless. You've met him. 
on script that is. <laughs> but he is Canadian or some somewhat Canadian too, so it's hard to abandon. It is, it is, because Danny's part Canadian, so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, part eight Canadians, the weirdest combination. Yeah, yeah. He's Canadian, part Asian, part Canadian, Canadian. That's the best thing. Do Dipsy sushi into maple syrup. Sushi poutine. Sushi poutine, oh my god. <laughs> uh, Danny, yes, um, uh, the, the, the weight of the entire competition Ugh. and the world rests on your shoulders right now. Don't right, fuck well, it up. <laughs> like I said earlier, it, it, this is really difficult because you really have grabbed two very, very unique performances where we've getting the heroes, Christopher Lee, and the silent side of Vincent Price. And, I mean, it's really hard to to pick between the two of them but if i had to re i mean this is me being very very fucking picky so no one just like rip my dick off or anything for this but if i if i had to to make one weaker than the other one i'm forced to yeah. at one point here i have to say that christopher lee's is a little bit stronger that's just because when vincent price starts talking it's like they figured, you know what? He's not going to be able to express to us that his wife has passed on. This is what he wants, you know, vengeance for without putting this little box to his neck and telling us the backstory. And then it, it kind of weakens the performance at that point for me. Maybe at the very end when he decides to talk, when all the cops show up and the big scene's about to go down, that's fine. But all the ones in between, I don't think I really needed. I think he was already selling the story to me with his face. I didn't need him to sit there and talk to himself through the hole in his neck. He could have just kept drinking wine through it and then grabbed it. <laughs> so it would have worked out for everyone had he done that. That's so true. if I had to be super picky, I'm going to have to just say, ah, we should have cut out all the talking and I'm going to go with Christopher Lee. I'm never going to be able to watch this movie again without noticing how much wine he drinks through that. I thought that was like a throwaway scene. Slamming shots in his neck, man. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Flaming some bookers. Whoa! <laughs> He's like, oh no, the fire. Um, so <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, right, so um, Christopher Lee walks away with the win, much to to Graham's trying to throw a spanner in the works. I'm never coming back on this show. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back. Uh, 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 what, I, what I felt like when he said, I'm never coming back on this show, I, I felt like sending him a contract to get in writing. Um, <laughs> but he'll be back. He's always back. Every time I think he's not coming back, he comes back. Um, Graham will be happy to know, I mean, on the last show, it pretty much was revealed and solidified that Vincent Price has won overall. Um, I don't know if that will make you happy or not, I don't know. But it has it has one overall. I don't necessarily like the fact that Christopher Lee didn't win, but I like the fact that Vincent Price did win. See, I'm always looking at the positives. <laughs> <laughs> A glass half full sort of person. Um but yeah, so uh, the, there is there's been slamming the side of my neck. We only have one episode left of this countdown um, and we will see if Christopher Lee can close the gap to a respectable two points or if Vincent Price will extend the overall lead to a, a worthwhile four points. It's been a great run of shows. Um, I just want to take some time here just before we, we uh, take a short break to close out the show to thank my guests, um, the, the ghastly Graham Humphrey, former co-host on this show. and. Um, I dare say you'll be back before the year's out. We'll get find something to get you back for, I think. Me? Aye. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there is a rumour flying around that we may be doing a show from, from Bazzi's house which is involving alcohol. 
I am there, whether we do the show or not. <laughs> Alright guys, uh, heard uh, something. Oh, you're recording a show? Oh, this is this is uncomfortable. Oh, what's that? You've got alcohol? Oh, well, I don't, don't mind if I do, guys. Look, uh, I'll make some more of the wings that you had last time. Uh, full wings were tasty. tasty, tasty, tasty. You know what? Uh, they sacked the show. Let's just go around to bed. You know what? I'm not doing anything the rest of the day. Let's just go around to bed and eat wings. I'll taste oh. them. She takes the just right, Baz. Uh, make wings. I'm, I, I'm about two I'm minutes from your door. <laughs> I'm at your front door, Baz. <laughs> uh, what, what do you mean you're knowing? I can see your car. You're in the living room. I'm waving at you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll get you back for that. Danny, as always, thank you very much, my oh, friend. Danny, for... we'll just get you over to Baz's as well, man. Just get Baz. Yeah, just get Baz to pay for the flight, man. And we'll be set. Yeah, just Fucking assholes. By the time I get there, you'll all be asleep and it'll be the next day. Fuck that. <laughs> this is also true. This is also true. Get there, we'll just have finished the wings. Oh. We'll just, yeah. But when Scots, when Scots drink, they drink, it's not like American drinking, but like they drink for the night and the next day. See, when we go to bed? Yeah, that's what we yeah, do. Kind of continue right through. Um, so, uh, yeah, Danny, thanks very much for, for coming on the show. Would you just like to remind the listeners very quickly where they can listen to the Midnight Horror Show? Sure. Uh, just go look up uh, the podcast on com. Just download it there. Just pretend it's called the Midnight Horror Show and you get <laughs> extreme enjoyment out of it. Uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> no, you go to tmhsradio.com, ah, Danny, and you can listen to it live Wednesday night, 7pm Eastern Standard Time to 9pm Eastern Standard Time. You can catch it on the TuneIn app by searching TMHS Radio um, and you can find previous shows on iTunes and SoundCloud and lots of other places. I'll do your job if you don't want to, Danny. You, you <laughs> always have to do my job. Yeah, that goes. <laughs> uh, thank you very much to my guests again. I'm going to take a very short break. When I come back, I'm closing out the show right after this. I haven't told the people where they can listen to me. <laughs> this is this is a true. But Graham, if, if listeners out there wanted to to listen to you, where can they do that? Uh, they need to phone me. I'm not giving out my phone number. On. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm going to be right back to close out the show right after this. Almost midnight. Enough time for one more story. They tried to kill us. You ungodly warlock. <laughs> But we just won't stay dead. The Midnight Horror Show, the internet's goriest and raunchiest horror podcast since 2008. Now live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at tmhsradio.com. Listen on your mobile device with the TuneIn app, search TMHS Radio, or download us at iTunes, Podomatic, or the TMHS Radio page. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs, episode number 68, where we have been counting down the top 10 best horror performances by Christopher Lee versus Vincent Price. This was number two on the list, and we reviewed The Devil Rides Out and The Abominable Dr. Fibes, with points going to Christopher Lee narrowing the gap. Now, um, if Christopher Lee wins next week, 
then there is a good chance that what will happen is that the end score will only be two points between them, which feels like a, a fairly fought competition. If Vincent Price wins next week, then he will extend his lead at the end to four points clear. Um, next week, I'll be joined by Jeff X. Martin um, from Kiss the Goat, and we will be looking at the final two movies on my list. For Christopher Lee, we will be looking at The Wicker Man. And for Vincent Price, we'll be looking at The Witchfinder General. So two heavy, heavy hitters, two powerful performances closing out this top ten. I just want to thank everyone again for checking out these shows, the new members over on the Facebook page, of which there are many. Um, and just thanks very much for the support. I'd say all the time, and sometimes it might feel like I'm being slightly disingenuous, but um, I genuinely think that you guys are the best podcast listeners out there. I think you are the most supportive, and the Facebook page always kicks ass and puts a smile on my face, regardless what time of day I, I gaze over there. That's a good thing about having international listeners, is regardless what time of day it is, someone's posting something. So, um, and thanks for everyone who has um, suggested a new member over to the page. Um, the plan was to try and get it up to 250 by the end of the month and I think we're sitting just over 240 now so thank you very much for everyone that has suggested someone to be added to the page as always there's a multitude of ways to listen to the podcast under the stairs you can listen to us on iTunes and if you do that I would appreciate if you just take two seconds to leave us a review the more five star reviews for example um, that we get the higher up the ratings we get pushed the more likely it is that people will check out the show um, you can listen to us on Stitcher Smart Radio you can check us out on our website podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com you can follow us on Facebook facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast and on Twitter which is at cast. the Baz being the custodian of nonsense over on the Twitter page so you come, come across check that one out hashtag is out hashtag teapotscast uh, tag is in things Baz loves to be nosy and check out everything so keep the man occupied during his downtime um, and also you can check us out on Legion Podcast Network this podcast is a proud member of that network and that network features um, some fantastic shows uh, Kiss the Goat is over there you can check out Devour the Podcast Grave Chef Radio my good friends at Black Anna's Horror Podcast you can also check out my good friends over at the Big Horror and Little Podcast the pod uh, the podcast on Haunted Hills over there Cinema Beef Evil Episodes Duncan and Bo Come Correct uh, Girls Be Ghouls uh, just loads of fantastic horror podcasts and gaming podcasts and movie podcasts um, it's a great place to check it so show some love over to Legion Podcast Network and if you have been in the past slightly put off by the fact that on iTunes you have to subscribe to the full feed of shows um, all the all the shows are getting standalone feeds so for example if you want to listen to um podcast on Haunted Hill for example um, you can listen to them on a private feed now uh, which means you will only get their shows exclusively through Legion so um, no excuses now not to support that network Ooh, it's, been a, it's been a good one we've got one left in this countdown this top 10 um, I can go ahead and say it. I think it's been the best top 10 countdown we've done thus far and I don't know what topic I picked to, to beat this next year but um, I think the planning will probably start next week as soon as it finishes to get the thinking cap on and try and work out how we top this year's top 10 
but um, it wouldn't be possible at all if it hadn't been for my great guests and you, the listeners out there. So once again, thank you very much. So I'm going to jump out just now. I look forward to speaking to you all in one week's time as we close out this top 10 countdown. But until then, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from the void. Signing off. <laughs>